Hi there, and welcome to the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. We are on location live from, well... Not live. Not live. Live at the time. Yeah. <laughs> live to tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, from West Palm Beach, Florida, the home of the Washington Nationals in spring training. Uh, the Nats have now played a week full of spring training games. They are 2-6. and six. And Johnny, no. let me ask you a question. Is it time to crack open each other's heads and feast on the goo inside? I think it's time to panic. I think it is. I think if last year told us anything, it's never too early to panic. Right, especially during spring training. Uh-huh. So, um, but we've been down here for two days now. We went to the last two games. We drove up to Port St. Lucie today. Um, and yes- drove up to Jupiter yesterday. Drove to Jupiter yesterday. We're going to go to West Palm tomorrow before ending our trip. Yep. And um, we're going to take a picture in front of the big sign that says 2019 World Series Champions. Wait, which sign in front of who? Oh, uh, the Washington Nationals, who uh, won the 2019 World Series. Wait, what? Yeah, I've got a hat and everything to confirm it. You're- Looking it up and writing the numbers, and by God, you're right. My God. So anyway, uh, the Nats won the 2019 World Series, which means we should obviously be panicking about 2020 all the time, because it clearly matters Mm -hmm. a great deal. But, um, I mean, this spring training, there's some interesting position battles, I guess. We're going to do a little spring training breakdown. Um, I think we got, you know, third base is... Up in question, I guess. I don't know. It's up for you know, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the rotation a little bit. We'll talk about you know the twenty six man on the roster. Um, so let's start with third base. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen Carter Keyboom. Mike Rizzo has said countless times that it's Carter Keyboom's job to lose. Right, and he might be losing it. Um, I don't they, know if I'd say that quite so quite know, yet. But it's it's been eight games. It's been eight games. He has been shaking in the in the infield. He's made one official error, but I mean, the, two or three other plays that yeah. could have been called errors. I don't know how they didn't call yesterday's play an error. It went right through the wickets. Yeah. Um, uh, he's batting 0-8-3 on, on the spring. And um, he's played a lot. He's have, he has uh, Yeah, he's played a lot. He's playing back-to-back games today and yesterday. They're really trying to see what they have, what they have in him, which is the right thing to do with him. And it looks like he's, I don't know, it looks like the same thing was going on last year, where he's looking a little lost at the plate, and he's looking a little lost in the field. Again, it's only been eight games. Yeah. But uh, this is the problem with, you know, going from, it's not, the Nationals have more than adequate options for third base for the scenario in which Carter Keeboom isn't ready. But... It's not a question of adequacy, because remember, they are going from probably the best third baseman in baseball last year to, you know, adequate. And, and they didn't make improvements around the roster enough to offset that. So if you're, you're talking about going from seven wins to two wins at third base, there's not enough on the rest of the roster to offset that. And they're, they're really counting on... Keyboom being an above average major leaguer at the, you know right now, and and I he hit really well in AAA last year. Uh, Nats talent scouts seem to be very high on him, uh, but in the 19 game sample size that I've seen, uh, which again very small sample size, uh, he it, there there are things that concern me about him. There are things that concern me defensively. About Kiboom. Uh 
and I'm I'm more than happy to be wrong about this. And again, I'm not you know an expert or anyone who knows anything. Uh, and still small sample size, but he just he seems slow. Uh, he seems slow at short. He seems slow at third. Uh, he seems like he waits back on the ball and lets it play him a lot. It seems like he, uh, and I think we talked about this at the time in May when he was busy uh, putting up negative 1.2 wins above replacement in 11 games. Uh, it seemed like he didn't have the fundamentals of the position down, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's what spring training is for. Hopefully he can learn a new position and be ready in time for opening day. Yeah, I, it's just... It's nice that the, I mean the Nats really don't have to press as much because they did just win a World Series, right? Um, and they can see what they have with Keyboom. Uh, but I, I mean personally speaking, I don't love our other options. I mean they're just nothing great. They're adequate. They're adequate. Yeah, they got a I lot mean, of adequate options. You have let's say Keyboom doesn't make the roster on opening day. If he's not starting, he's not making the roster. Let's be clear. Right. Um, if he doesn't make the team. Then you got Struble Cabrera, probably your opening day third baseman. Mm-hmm. Sterling Castro at short, at second. Or maybe Howie Kendrick at third, whatever. Or maybe Howie right. at first. They've got and three guys who can play those two positions. Yeah. So, you know, you're asking a lot. Then you have to put a lot more on Howie Kendrick. You have to put a lot more on Struble Cabrera. Right. And those guys were signed to be kind of the glue guys who play not as often. Right. And uh, then, I mean, and Kendrick in an interview today said... Essentially, if you ask me to play every day, I will break down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to be careful with Kendrick and careful with Zim. I mean, and you have to, and I don't know. It's just a lot to be putting on these old veterans. The uh, Nats have a lot. Uh, they have enough infielders to make it work without Keyboom. But uh, the obviously the ideal scenario is that Keyboom steps up, becomes the everyday third baseman, and then. You're you're just looking to find places for all the other players, and uh, I don't know. He could still do that again. It's the first day of March. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I I just I haven't been impressed yet. But yeah, I've seen him, I and mean, we've seen him now. This spring training, we saw him a little bit last spring training. We saw him a little bit in regular season, and just nothing. Saw him in the futures game in, in 2018. Fu- yeah, that's true. Whiffed twice in that game. Yeah, so basically every time I've watched him, or we've watched him... I've seen him hit a home run. Oh, well, okay, so Johnny's seen him hit a home run, but every time I've watched him in person uh, or on TV, he's been bad. So maybe it's my fault. It is your fault, just like everything. So as we said, though, if Keeboom doesn't make the team, you know, if he doesn't start, he's not making the team, which opens up another roster spot. As of now, as of... Now, with Keyboom on the roster, the roster's pretty much set. The Nats are going to carry five bench bats. Uh, it would be Cabrera, uh, Thames, Kendrick, um, Gomes, and... Uh, Taylor. Taylor, right, as their fourth outfielder. Uh, but if they don't carry Keyboom, they're going to have an extra roster spot. Because uh, the plan, I assume, is eight relievers and five bench bats, mm-hmm. uh, which I imagine is what just about every team is going to do. Yeah. Uh, because so there's a 13 man cap on the number of 
uh, pitchers you can have on your roster, so no team is going to have more than eight relievers, but I, I can't imagine, even though in the past lots of teams have carried 12, I don't know if, if a sixth bench bat is worth that much more than the eighth reliever. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what teams are going to do, but I imagine most of them will carry 13 at 13. Uh, so the Nats would then have another spot for a bench bat. Uh, and the Nats have, David Martinez at least, has talked up Emilio Bonifacio as one of those guys who is very useful uh, in the sense that he can play just about every position on the diamond. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran. He's 34 years old. Uh, I think he'd be an interesting guy to consider. Now, he hasn't yeah. played the major leagues for two years, so uh, it's not as though you know what you're getting out of him. And you might not be getting anything. Yeah. Um, I mean... Emilio Bonifacio is one of those guys. And then also Andrew Stevenson is another one. Yeah. Um, all Andrew Stevenson does is hit singles. But he hits a lot of them. He uh, had a lot of good at-bats in his limited time last year. Yep. Uh, so you have two options there for if you don't want keep him up. And they're both pretty good options, I think, for a 26th man. I'm a yeah. big Andrew Stevenson fan. I want him to get a spot on the opening day roster no matter what. Um I think I just like how he first of all he had a great year in AAA, but also those stats are right. Inflated. Basically so, junk. Yeah, you, you can't really look at AAA statistics last year, and that's not only moved to PCL ball, uh, but they you know the PCL moved to a different baseball, which really screwed up all statistics. So they're not really comparable. Yeah, but I mean even the regular season though, when he got called up to the majors, he had a bunch. He had a bunch of as a pinch hitter. Yeah, well, had, a bunch of good at bats. Yeah, so I'm a big Stevenson fan. Um, and so between Bonifacio and Stevenson, you know, I think the edge is to, to Stevenson. The other guy to consider maybe uh, is J.B. Shuck. J.B. Shuck, two-way player. That that would be. I'm. So what's the rule with J.B. Shuck if for the thirteenth pitcher spot? So Shuck doesn't count as the third. He can be on the roster and not count against your pitcher because he had enough appearances last year at AAA to qualify as a two-way player. Mm -hmm. Uh, The question is, is that really something that's super useful? Uh, He has to be a good reliever in order to make it useful. Well, no, he doesn't have to be great at either of them. Uh, If we're talking about a guy who would be your ninth reliever and your sixth bench bat, uh, I mean, he doesn't have to be that good because we're talking about a very marginal player. We're talking Mm -hmm. about like a Brooks Kingschnick type, not a Shohei Otani type. But is that really that valuable? I think maybe there is the sense that in baseball, that because this is new, that it must be useful. And it is, you know, useful to have a super, super duper utility guy. But I don't know how useful it is. So last year, AAA in um, 14 games pitching, he had a 379 ERA. That's not bad. I mean, not I saw bad. him pitch. He pitched against the Nats in 2016 in a blowout. Mm-hmm. Fastball hit 89, 90 miles an hour from the left side. His stuff certainly plays. 10 per 9 strikeouts. His, I mean, it's an interesting concept. He does I walk just, a lot. Oof. He had uh, how bad? 17 walks in 19 innings. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's Henry Rodriguez levels. But and 15 hits. How do you, the, the, the 3790 ERA is looking very impressive. Well, the 15 hits. Yeah. I mean, they never let anyone hit the ball because they never knew if it was going to be a strike or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I 
I think there are a lot of other better ways to go, and I really do like the idea of Stevenson. Uh, the problem is, I mean, it's good to have two different outfielders on the roster because uh, then you've got you know balance. You've got infield, two infielders, two outfielders, and uh, catcher. But at the same time, Taylor and Stevenson don't really bring you substantially different utility, you know? Yeah. Like, Taylor is your defensive replacement slash fourth outfielder type who has more power than Stevenson, but they're both not great hitters. So, I don't know. It's Truth is, we're really picking at the margins here. Yeah. This is the 26th man on the roster. Uh, the other question, the other big... Uh, battle that we're having this year uh the spring training is who gets that fifth starter job out of camp uh, and the three options are uh austin voth uh joe ross and then behind those two is eric fetty uh the problem with fetty well it's not a problem you know it's not a problem with fetty but it's a problem for fetty is that he still has an option remaining. He has that, that fourth option with a rule that don't completely understand. I think the way it works is that if you exhaust your three options before you've played five professional seasons, you get a fourth one. And because Fetty missed the entire 2014 season uh, because of an elbow injury, he gets, uh, or I guess he has that fifth option, or that third fourth option, thrown at him so both and ross are both out of options and fetty can be optioned which works against him mm -hmm. so i mean i really think this is a really two-way battle you know as we all right it's a three-way battle but yeah it's because of that option it really i think takes fetty out of the consideration because honestly both and ross are both good enough for the fifth starter i think we're, we're both talking we're talking about guys who are pretty equivalent in skill level all yeah. three of them yeah um I mean, if I had a power rank, what I like most, I think I'd go both Ross, Fetty. Mm -hmm. I'm a big both fan. But I also think both stuff plays well in the pen, too. Well, I think that Ross's stuff, in theory, plays best in the pen. But then again, he was in the pen for the first half of 2019, and he really did not look comfortable with it. And I think he said as much. Mm -hmm. He said that he wasn't comfortable not being on a starter's routine. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it doesn't take that long of a memory to remember a point where Joe Ross looked like a mainstay in this team's rotation for years to come. Yeah. I mean, he was looking really good before the time of John. And it looked like after, like in July of last year, he started to find his touch um, with his off-speed stuff. Right. You know, finding that extra movement on it. So I think I, I feel comfortable giving either of them. I, I'm not really sold on Fetty. I've never really – I mean, Fetty was good last year in a pinch, but – I think I saw I liked when I saw more from both and Ross mm -hmm. in the later half of the season, and I think it's I I, per, I personally think it's gonna be probably Ross and then both in the pen. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Uh, then the question is, you know, do you give a roster spot to the guy who loses that battle? And the answer is probably, probably clearly yes. Yeah. I mean, you you have or a bullpen right now. You have Doolittle. Mm -hmm. You have Hudson. You have Harris, although he's hurt, but. We'll see what that's still it's, early March. Yeah, it's March 1st. So we'll say Harris, Suero, that's four, Rainey, mm -hmm. um, Harper, mm -hmm. 
I don't know that Suero is guaranteed a spot. Really? No. I mean, I, I think the, the thing that works against him is he has options. Yeah. And there are a lot of guys okay, that the Nats are considering. Keep, right. Who are considering. Okay, that's, mm-hmm. five, that's six with Harper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elias. Yes. Seventh. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could throw Strickland in, but I don't think Strickland he makes it. Strickland is being considered. He's being they considered. wouldn't have re-signed him if they didn't think he at least that's, had an outside eight. chance. So let's say both is nine. Just Both for, is for, nine. Right. And then anyone else I'm forgetting? Fetty and then, Fetty, you know. But yeah, they're not going to have right. both, both and Fetty in the bullpen. David Hernandez, just yeah. a bunch of. A bunch of like minor league. Minor league for Asians. And that's really didn't. I mean, the nice thing. Oh, I mean, Javi Guerra. Javi Guerra, yep. These are guys that, I mean, Guerra was maybe the fourth best reliever for a time for the Nats last season. Uh, and the Nats really did do a good job rebuilding their bullpen, or at least as best a job as you could do. There weren't a lot of great bullpen options out there. The Nats got probably the second and fourth best relievers that were on the market. Yeah. Uh, and, and they picked up Ryan Harper for basically nothing. I mean, I know... He's 31 years old. His fastball doesn't break a pane of glass. Did put up good numbers last year. Uh, Pitch ability guy. He might be good. If he's not, he's your fourth or fifth best reliever. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that I think that I would choose Suero and then cut Strickland. Obviously, I have a preference there because I really don't like Strickland. he just seems to always give up home runs. Yep. Uh, but he obviously has great stuff, and the Nats have already guaranteed him, you know, two hundred and thirty thousand dollars, which isn't a ton of money. But uh, they wouldn't have done that if they didn't think that he at least had a chance of making the big league roster. Now, the way it works is that if Strickland is still on the roster by March tenth. The Nats owe him uh, one. So if he if he's cut from the roster by March tenth, the Nats owe him one sixth of his one point four million dollars salary this year. If he stays on the roster till uh, the twenty fifth, then the Nats owe him a quarter of his salary. And then if he's on the roster on opening day, the whole thing becomes guaranteed. So. I don't know. I just I can't see Strickland. Strickland is clearly not among the eight best relievers the Nats have. But of course, uh, you know Harris, as Johnny's already said, has something of a small, some sort of injury. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. But weird things happen, uh, and I, I do think Harper is interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's a guaranteed sure thing, and obviously. Fact the Nats got him for basically nothing means that the Twins didn't see him that way either. But uh, can't hurt to have another possibly viable relief option. Can never have too many arms. Yeah. Uh, is there any other position battles the Nats have going on? Not really. I mean, I mean, first base is a, not really a position battle because everyone's going to make the teams. But right. It's about limiting at bats and not limiting, but like kind of making sure everyone right stays healthy. The Nats have. A else multi, yeah, they got a multi-player platoon between first, second, and third. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, everything else kind of set in stone. It's pretty much the same team as last year, minus Rendon. 
Yep, Rendon, by the way, hit his first home run as an Angel, in an Angels uniform today off of old friend Ross Detweiler. Ross which was, Detweiler. Yeah, I mean, they were teammates in 2013 they were. and 14. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's kind of it. I mean, yeah. Kind of a short episode. Not too much to talk about. I no. mean, it's spring training. The Nats did just win a World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone was talking about the spring as sort of being – Different and uniquely exciting because of the Astros scandal and because Dusty Baker was the Astros manager and because uh, the Nats and Astros share a spring training facility. But once all of the hubbub subsided, once the game started, yeah, yeah, it just became another spring training. Yep. uh, As people predicted it would. Yeah. Uh, So that's it for us. Uh, We will be back maybe next week. Uh, we will certainly be back before regular season games start uh, to give you a full off-season or a full season preview like we did last year. It'll be an hour long. Uh, so stay tuned for that, and uh, we'll see you soon.